Okay, so who doesn't love a good chat about naughty clients, right? I hope we all just collectively laughed out loud. Friends, pull up a chair and let's dig in. Welcome to the Refined Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Refined Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I can only imagine that the title of this episode is going to bring in a lot of you and hopefully some new fans. So welcome. Hello, hello. Today, like the intro said, like the captions have said, we are talking about naughty clients. What is a naughty client? Let's start there. We may have different definitions of this, but I'm thinking, you know, you might have some things that you would add to this list, but let's just start here. A naughty client is one that doesn't follow the process, is entitled, is late or no shows. They string us along on payments. They hire frienders, right? Yeah, frienders. We love that one, don't we? So to me, these follow under one big umbrella. Simply put, Naughty clients don't follow the process. There is something about our process that just doesn't get followed, okay? And the root of why might be because they're entitled or because they're, you know, poorly organized with their calendar and late and no show or can't get their finances together for payments. But that all falls under not following the process, which means the same response and steps to manage them are actually pretty similar across the board. Bear with me on that. We're going to walk through it. Even non-planning partners fall into this category. And for me, how I handle is also similar. What do I mean by that? Naughty clients, naughty behavior in general, doesn't just, naughty behavior is not exclusive to clients, okay? We're going to be dealing with that with guests, with VIPs and family and wedding party and, and all kinds of stuff, okay? So, but there will be people in our inbox, you know, calling us or texting us that are non-planning partners throughout the planning process itself, right? Wedding day is one thing, okay? What we're talking about is pre-event day. I wanna clarify that that's what this episode is specifically about, how we're gonna navigate the actual planning process itself as we lead into the wedding day. So even non-planning partners can be considered naughty, right? And typically, like, if we're hearing from them at all, that's a sign that they're gonna be a naughty (laughs) non-client, okay? So what do I do? Here's how I, I go about this. I start by smiling and giving the benefit of doubt. Now, it's a great place to start in life with any conflict, right? Okay. I ask the client, let's take non-planning partners out of this for a minute. Okay. I ask the client, how are you? How are they? How is everything going? Is everything okay? Do we need to adjust anything while we have the time to adjust it? Key phrase. Okay. So if they're not following the process, if they're doing these things like not showing up on time and coming a pattern. Cause like patterns are we looking for, right? Like everyone has a bad day or does something dumb. That doesn't make them naughty, but are we seeing patterns? Okay. Well, if we're seeing patterns, then let's talk to them about like, do we need to adjust something here? Like while we have time to adjust it? Cause at some point, like you cross that threshold where it's like, there's no 
we don't, we don't have any margin anymore. There's no time to adjust anything. Like it just got to follow the process from here on out. There is a window of time before you cross that. They're like, Hey, you know, okay, fine. I can move these deadlines here or there. And I can, we can have an open conversation about payments. if We need to adjust that. And we can have some open conversations, but there comes a point where like that, just that margin is gone. Okay. So from there, I start there and then I hear their feedback. And sometimes they're like, I didn't even realize I was doing this. Like, wow. Okay. Thank you for the reminder of the process. And then they get that. That's all there is to it. That turns the ship around. And then sometimes it's like, man, life just exploded. My dad had a, had triple bypass surgery and, or, you know, I lost my job or like all these things that they're, they haven't even thought to tell you or feel like they is necessary or, you know, but like don't realize, or maybe don't even realize it's impacting because there's an emotional connection to it or whatever it is. Okay. So like we need to invite them into like, Hey, it's okay to share. They may not think to do that or know it's okay, or even feel comfortable with it unless we create that space. I'm going to absolutely do everything I can, even past the point of no return to make adjustments for couples that experience things like that, right? I just need you to talk to me. And that's part of my onboarding process is to be very clear about that. I tell them like, hey, life's going to change. We're going to all agree to this process right now. And Half the people I bring into this office are going to not follow the process at some point or another. And we are going to have a conversation about it when that starts to happen. And we got to be open and honest with each other because that's the only way I'll get you to the finish line. Okay. Start there. Start at the top. Okay. So moving forward, let's say I've, I've smiled, I've given the benefit of the doubt and, and, and nothing's working. Okay. And we're still, we're still in struggle or we're still on the struggle bus. I then move into nudging. Okay. I educate on the ramifications of getting behind and not following the right process. I've already done that. Right. Okay. But now I'm bringing attention to like, hello client. We're going to have an educational conversation here. Right. Okay. And I obviously don't say that, but like, I make it clear that that's what's happening. I'm going to educate on the ramifications of getting behind and I'm going to present current options. We are going to either choose door what's behind door a, B or C. And you can be part of that choice, but if you don't choose wisely, at some point, I'm going to have to choose door D and this is what's going to happen, right? And we'll get to that in a second. But I give them some options of how we can move forward. Next, I'm going to refer back to the contract and give deadlines for getting it back on track. Okay, so I'm going to get a little bit more firm and I'm going to continue reminding them. And that's important. Continue because this is all They've been educated on this from day one, but we're going to continue reminding them what the contract says. And I'm going to give stronger, firmer deadlines. My my deadlines are strong and firm, right? But like, we're going to create some new deadlines on just getting it back in track. Okay. So we're going to give the deadlines and then we're going to have consequences. We're going to let them know what will happen if those deadlines are not met. Okay. And then ultimately door D is still not on track. Okay. We're going to talk about getting fired. We're going to talk about firing the couple, the client, the naughty client. Okay. That is the process. So to summarize, we're going to start by giving benefit of the doubt. We're going to nudge them and educate them, remind them. We're going to then kind of pull out a little bit more of the legal language of like, remember, here's what the contract says and here are the consequences for those deadlines. Okay. Here's kind of the cancellation policy here. And then we're going to move into having to fire them. Okay. That's the workflow. Okay, so here's the question. Is firing them really even a realistic option? I get that question a lot in Refine. And as we we talk about these naughty clients, like, can I really, like, 
should I just suck it up? It's like two months left or I can do anything for six months. Anybody can do anything for a year. Like, should I just suck it up? I don't want the drama. I don't want the bad reviews. I like, is it even realistic to fire them? Like who's done it successfully? Okay. Well, truth be told. Yeah. Yes. You can fire them. You can absolutely like stick to your guns and get your final payments and be clean. I've done it. I have fired people and it's gone. It's not fun. Right. But like, I've gotten every single penny that was owed to me and I never got a bad review, but then also it's not fun to deal with. So it might be worth bending over a little bit. Okay. So that likely might mean giving some more money back than contractually obligated to give back. Um, it might be releasing them of a final payment. Um, it might mean some bad reviews, you know, good fight there. It might get legal. And you're going to have to ask yourself, is the current stress worth the aftermath? Like, which is worse? Which is easier? The dealing with a naughty client for, you have to, like, I don't know how long it is. Someone listening to this is in this situation right now. Okay, ask yourself, can I do it for the, how many more months do I have left? Okay, can I do it for that many months? Or is it so bad and going to be so long that it's worth the possible aftermath? Okay. And if you're in this boat and you're considering it, go search in the Refined Facebook group for people that have experienced review obliteration. There are couples that will go and have all their friends and all their family and all, you know, the dogs in the neighborhood go write a bad review. So go research and know, don't get confident and on your high horse about this. I see that happen and I see it backfire. So do your research and know what can happen and be ready and prepared for it. Use tact and grace in your process. and. Further, use tact and grace in your messaging, okay? Use the email templates that I provide. I have an email template kit that is designed to be your words for hard-to-answer emails and hard-to-answer situations in general, okay? And I have a brand new one that is called Client Planning Process Status and Cooperation. And that kit is meant to be for your check-ins, your regular check-ins with your couples, whether that's event management or full service, and it's meant to nudge them along if they're not following the process. We've got templates in there for those that are following the process and those that aren't, and then the process throughout that follows. And then I've got a template in there for the non-planning partners, which was highly requested from you all. And the way you asked for it was, does anyone have a template for the moms that keep emailing me? Okay. So like, I've not called it that because, you know, I'm not going to be like the mom template, but that's what it's for. Okay. The non-planning partner email, like responding to those non-planning partners is designed for like that specific request. Okay. So I've got these emails for you. I've got you covered. I've got you good language, helpful language that is full of tact, full of grace, but also confident in the process and firm in in navigating them through it in a way that is good for you and is good for the couple. Okay. And so, yeah, firing them is a realistic option. It does have ramifications at times. It does use energy, but hopefully with these template kids, you can avoid getting there in the first place. We can get the, that we can get things turned around. And, and if you do get to that point, then there's some template in there for firing them. And, and, and coaching on it. It's not just a template. There's some pointers and tips in there. Okay. So on that token, how do you do that? <laughs> I think that you need to, you know, and let's not just talk about firing them, but like, how do we like have these conversations with them? I think calling them first, when you start to see the signs, call them, Hey, what's going on? How can I help you? Has life changed? How are you doing? 
have the phone call or talk to them. When you have meetings with them in general, every meeting needs to have a well check included in it. Okay. And it's not like on your agenda, like checkbox, we did the well check. Like, no, just like incorporate finding out, learning more about them, getting to know them and like what's going on in their lives and, and pay attention to that stuff. Okay. So you don't have to be their best friend. I'm not asking you to do that. You don't have to go pour margaritas for them. I am asking you to know what is on your client's plate so that you can then have empathy for the, the struggles that they're having in your process. And then you can find solutions for it. Empathy always is a better path to solutions. Okay. Call them first. Then you might email. If, if they're not picking up and they, these are like MIA clients, got a template for that in that kit, y'all. MIA clients, got you covered. Okay. Email them with a loom. Okay. So if they're not going to pick up, email them with a loom and, and read off that template. Go with what, what that says, but like, let them hear your tone and see your face and your body language and like, know that you care and that, you know, it's not just about your stress and your back end. It's about them too. Like they're going to, you know, shit's going to hit their fan if they don't get it together and they're not going to be happy. Okay. And it's going to affect their relationships and they need to know that you care. So email it with a loom. And, and the reason I say this stuff is because phone calls and as our culture moves more into videos, phone calls and videos are for emotions and emails for everything else. Emails for facts and summarizing the phone call. So sure. You just want to go to email and you're just that done and, and you've tried and all that stuff. Then then start with the email and that's fine. And that's what those kits are for. Use those templates. What about bad reviews, y'all? Well, I have a podcast on that and it is going to be listed in the show notes. I believe it is episode six. Okay. It's called worst response to bad review. Okay. Um, and in that episode, I just kind of talk about how to handle bad reviews, how to not handle bad reviews and where to go from there. Okay. So listen to that episode six, but best of all, your biggest weapon here is prevention. Okay. Let's prevent even getting naughty clients on our books in the first place. And how do we do that? We prevent them by knowing who our ideal client is and having a brand message that attracts them. We use our blogs and our real estate on our social media to talk about these things. And, you know, like don't name names, but like talk about this, the humans behind your business and say, Hey, you know, when we get emails like this, this is what ends up happening. And this is how it impacts you and us and the industry as a whole. Talk about this stuff. Do not feel like you don't have a way to do that. You absolutely have a way to do it. Okay. You are allowed to go on your Instagram and praise people that do it right and well. Praise your good couples. And you also have the right on your Instagram to go in and be like, hey, you know what? We kind of have no tolerance for this kind of stuff. So like, stop. And I make it clear that like, hey, this is not how it works. And you know, you'll find a better way to word that, but use your real estate. Your referral network makes a difference. Okay. You might just pay attention to the referrals you get, who they're from and, and what quality client they are. Okay. And align yourself with the ones that send the quality ones. Proper pricing makes a difference here, right? Okay. So there's a threshold in different markets and within different ideal clients. Okay. So this is not going to be a blanket statement that works for everybody, but for us specifically, there's a number that I know if we go below that number, we get, it's not pleasant. And if we go above a certain number, let me be clear. When I say pricing matters, that really translates more into like their budget. Okay. So like, and then those that have a budget under a certain number, we're like, eh, maybe not. And those with a, a budget over a certain number also tend to maybe not be our, our favorites either. And again, this can ebb and flow and it's not always, it's not an absolute for us, but like we've kind of like narrowed in on like these budgets attract 
the couples that we want to work with are working within these budgets. And, and then that translates into like what they can or will pay for our services. Right. Okay. So another thing here is just be super, super, super clear in your sales process and contract. And last but not least here, I think it's just comes down to being super, super, super clear in your sales process, being clear in your contract, being clear in the expectations that you set with your couples up front and, and just continuing to have that conversation with them throughout in ways that don't feel like contractual language and robotic, you know, you just be like, okay, our next step is this. And you're going to hear from me around this time. And like, if they know that things are coming from us, they're less likely to rub us wrong. Right. They just need to know they need to be in loop. People that are in the loop are much more pleasant to work with. So a lot of naughty client stuff is actually on us as planners because we have not, they feel like they have to micromanage us. Okay. Not everyone's a micromanager. Some people get in a situation where they're like, I'm not sure that this person's doing their job or I don't know what's to come. And it's not that I'm being a micromanager. I just, I don't know. And so all I know to do is ask. And until I'm given, you know, some insight on what's coming next, like all I know to do is ask. And that can feel micromanaging to us. Okay. So just be clear with that stuff. And that's why the wedding planning process kit that I sell is so clutch because it keeps them in the loop throughout the entire process and ahead of the process. And yeah, there are going to be things that people don't quite get or didn't read. And so they ask the questions, but it doesn't at all feel like micromanaging to me. Okay. And when they ask those questions, I most often am like, oh shoot, I forgot to send them that Pete. Like that's on me. Right. Okay. So that's in the refined job. If you want it to prevention is your best weapon but your response matters. Language matters. Tone matters. Empathy and care and leaning in on benefit of the doubt. All of those things really matter and they make a difference in the outcome. They make a difference in the review blasts. And, you know, I know some really lovely, amazing planners that have gotten review blasted. Okay. So that's, we're not going to say that just because that you only get review blasted if you're tacky or mean, but it doesn't hurt. Be the lovely, kind, words matter planner. Okay. So friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We have officially wrapped it up. Head on over, leave a review, like, share, take a picture as you listen and share it on your Instagram stories. Let the world know that they don't have to work with naughty clients and that there is a solution and a way out and a way to rein it back in and turn the ship around. Y'all have a great week and I'll catch you next time. Thank you.